gentlemen, how we doing? How we living? We are back to recap week one of the NFL season. And boy, was it a freaking fun one. I don't even know where to start with it because there was so much that took place. There's a lot of storylines to get into. I know Teresa and I are going to get into a majority of those. What we've done in the past is usually dive into nearly every single game and realize, you know what? It's hard to do that and give each team and each fan base a fair share of attention. So what we're going to do is focus on about five or six games pretty well that we you know we're able to see recap, kind of give our thoughts on. And I think we're going to do a little bit of a where we were right and where we were wrong. And also in terms of betting, yours truly didn't do that bad. Yeah, actually, we can just start off with that. So um, the prediction, so the against the spread, we actually both are eight and seven right now. We are tied. Uh, we both are going to. Actually, I don't know. It's a four point game right now. So, I mean, it's, you know, we might get that nine and seven, depending on how tonight's game goes. It's half time or it's third quarter just started. So we'll see how that ends up. Uh, player prop bets, though, is where I kind of took the lead there. I went five and one. Uh, the only one getting wrong was Allen Robinson over 79 yards. Uh, you went three and three. So you're not far behind. You're still, you know, it's not like you're already going to be playing a major catch up, you know, one good week and you're right back in it. So yeah, absolutely. Good for you uh, on sticking with on the, against the spread and everything. So it's going to be fun to see how that plays out in week two. Seriously. I mean, in terms of the player prop bets, I think I, I miss, I don't think I clearly did. I'm looking at it. I missed on Daryl Henderson being, over 54 rushing yards and Cooper Cup being over 75 receiving yards. I picked the under on both of those. Boy, do I feel silly about Cooper Cup because when you watch the broadcast and you learn that, hey, uh, Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup have been hanging out like two hours before everyone else shows up to the facility and are eating breakfast together and running through plays and route combinations and what they like and what they expect and how they can be on the same page. And boy, that showed uh, Sunday night. Last night for us recording, two nights ago for you guys listening. Uh, First off, again, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you being here. If you enjoy it, make sure to tell a friend, send them our way because we want them to stay. We want to keep building the fan base here. We enjoy doing this This as our third year doing it. And, uh, you know, up until this game, I believe we were all very high on Matthew Staff, right? There was an expectation like, hey, he's going to be good. He's got a lot of things here that he didn't really have in Detroit. And it's nice to know that we were all right on that. And the amount of recognition and love that this guy is going to get in my mind, I know it's week one and we shouldn't overreact, but it's exactly what I'm going to do. I think the recognition that he's going to get just from being in L.A. and the success that this team is going to have this season is just automatically going to put him to the top of the MVP race. Like the only way he loses it is if he gets hurt or he just somehow falls off a cliff and dies. Like this dude is just going to have a phenomenal season. I don't know where your thoughts are on a after watching him play week one here against the Bears. But it was just like, man, this dude is having the time of his life right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that he's going to have a good year. I'm, I'm sticking to my guns of I think that he's going to have a lot of yards. But I think in the end, and given he had three touchdowns, um, but I kind of just think that McVeigh is going to stick to his guns. And when they get into the red zone, they're going to run the ball a lot more. I think that's only going to become more of a consistent thing when Sony Michelle gets actually familiar with the offense as well because he only played three snaps <clears throat> and given he's only been in the in camp for about two weeks. So that makes a ton of sense there. Um, and Daryl Henderson showed that he can also score as he did score inside um, inside the five yard line. So uh, yeah, I think that he's going to have a great year. I think the Rams are going to be a very, very good team and yeah. So I'm right there with you. Um, 
yeah, I don't know what else to say on that. So, yeah, I'm just kind of kind of touch up on some games before we get into a real in depth ones. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Falcons. Uh, excuse me, Jalen Hurts. Excuse me, Philadelphia Eagles fans. I'm sorry. I was way wrong week one. Either you guys are going to be really good this year or the Atlanta Falcons are just really, really bad. There might be some truth in both of those. I was just about to say, I think that's, I think that's accurate statement on both. Um, and now with the Fitzpatrick news that he's on IR and out probably like 10 weeks, um, this is the Philadelphia Eagles and Dallas Cowboys division to lose like they both have this opportunity they both looked good so it's going to be very fun to see how that all plays out um i believe i got you jalen hurts on a couple teams um uh, you got me on one one and, and then the uh, other one i got you kyler murray so uh yeah i think that's a it's a solid win-win there you did did you get me on kyler murray on one of them uh-huh you did yes, yes. yeah <laughs> yeah Appreciate yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So uh, <laughs> let's see. What other games are we not talking about? I mean, Cardinals, Titans. Cardinals look really, really good. But, I mean, we, we got to also got to remember that one new new OC for the Titans. Going to be interesting to see how that plays out. You know, you got to get more than just one game. And also, let's not forget, like two years ago, they got smoked by the Browns week one. And then they end up making that huge run in the playoffs too. So I'm not going to overreact on week one there, but, um, but I will say it is a little concerning how bad their offensive line looked like it. It looked really bad. I mean, yeah. Chandler Jones gets five sacks. That's never, that's never good for the opposing team's offensive line. But I just think it also goes to show how, how quickly this Cardinals team can, can cause some damage on both sides of the ball right now. Agreed. Agreed. Um, let's see here. Jets Panthers. Heck of, a, heck of a game there. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Zach Wilson looks like he's going to be the real deal. Uh, had a rough first half, but second half really came out. Um, Packers. Wow. Like looked really, really bad. Uh, how you were saying about the Eagles. Hey, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Uh, minus the Saints. Like this team is going to be really, really good. I think yep. that they beat a very good Packers team and they got it. So people are talking about, are the Packers good? I think the Packers are still a very good team. Like I think it just got out of hand quickly and then just couldn't, they couldn't recover. Um, yeah. And that's <laughs> one of those things where I just want to go ahead and say this. I feel like I was right on it. I've been praising Jameis. I've been saying, Hey, I think there's a good chance that he's good. With New Orleans and the Saints, you know, a year under Drew Brees with Sean Payton, he knows the right reads to make, he had surgery on his eyes. Like, that's just going to be a walking promotion for them. You know what I mean? Lasik eye surgery, there's your guy. Look at the, the difference he can make. Again, I know it's week one, but still, it's like, let's go. Yeah. You liked him enough not to have them in the playoffs, though. Pretty much. Pretty much. There we go. Um, and then what else do we got here? Um, Giants. Giants are going to be really bad this year. Uh, Daniel Jones is probably the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. And by probably, I think he just is. Now, I saw – I'm not going to act like I watched that game because I didn't. I didn't get to see any of that game or the Jets-Panthers game in terms of just watching more than a couple highlight clips of it. Is, is it Daniel Jones is at that offensive line? Because the little clips that I saw was that just the, the Broncos defensive line got to do whatever they wanted to the Giants O-line. It's both. I mean, their offensive line looks like trash. Um, but also, I mean, he gets out of the pocket, scrambles, and still fumbles it. 
Um, you know, yeah. like it's that type of stuff. Like that has nothing to do with the offensive line. So, um, yeah, I just think I, I think they're both just bad and, and it sucks. Cause I think their defense is actually pretty good. Um, oh, thank goodness. Jerry Judy did not break his ankle, man. That look no gnarly joke. ends up being a high ankle sprain. They're saying four to six weeks. Um, that's nice for him. Um, and that's really about it before we dive into the rest. I mean, we really want to have time to dive into the rest of so that's what we're going to do here. Um, sorry about that. Um, let's go to, let's do Colts and Seahawks first. Um, okay. I'll start off here. Um, Seattle, they're going to let Russ cook this year for real. It's going to be a real thing. Metcalf didn't have any catches until his touchdown pass. It was all Tyler Lockett show. Uh, I think in our fantasy episode, I even said Tyler Lockett was going to be like a top 12 or 13 wide receiver, which he was going for like wide receiver 20 in drafts. Um, so luck, lucky for anybody that did have him. I still love DK Metcalf. I, to me, like I still think he's going to end up just taking off here soon. Um, so that whole offense is going to be great. Uh, moving to the Colts. Um, <clears throat> I know you want to keep riding that train, but uh, Carson Wentz did not look very good. Um, and it's very concerning that he threw to his running backs more than his wide receivers when you're losing in the game too. Like that just shows lack of confidence of being able to throw it down. To and maybe that's just lack of confidence in your wide receivers. You know, you don't have T.Y. Hilton there. So maybe he feels like he doesn't have that, you know, that weapon there that, you know, that you would want. But I mean, 13, I think it was 13 passes to running backs, 11 to wide receivers. That's just, that's just bad. Like it's really not good. So um, this Colts team is still going to be very good though. Um, honestly, still think that they have a good chance at winning this division just because uh, i'll still take the titans overall but i do think that this defense is going to keep them in every single game yeah and i mean i think the comments that you made about carson wentz is fine but i also want to address the fact that that offensive line is an issue i mean they have a left tackle issue like he just watching this game i think gave up like two or three sacks right off the jump it felt like and in moments of the game where they needed to convert a, a big play you know down I think it was like second long or third long. It's like you give up a sack and Carson Wentz. I mean, it's just like, dude, I thought he finally escaped that from Philadelphia where he would get moments to, to, or excuse me, to have time to throw the ball and make decisions. Instead it's like, okay, Hey, I got to worry about the Seahawks and their pass rushers getting to me. I got to get this ball out. And now, now it's to Marlon Mack. It's to Jonathan Taylor to just let them go eat and make plays to go to the Seahawks. I mean, Russell Wilson, you said it, Trace, like, this dude cooks, and I know it's the beginning of the season. It's what he did last year as well. But man, this guy just, again, continues to prove, like, I'm one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and I have the prettiest deep ball in the NFL. The way that dude can just drop it in a bucket to Tyler Lockett, who just absolutely roasted that <laughs> Indianapolis Colts secondary was just ridiculous. But to go to the Colts, I just – I, hopefully it's something that you can build upon with Carson Wentz where it's like, okay, this is what we can have success with. This is what we can't. Jonathan Taylor, I thought, looked fine running the ball at times, but they were down. So they just can't really – they weren't able to just focus on running the ball and getting the running game going. It was we have to score, and I felt like they were playing catch-up nearly the whole time. And then by the time you get in those moments of needing a play, Carson Wentz is getting sacked. Or, again, like you mentioned, your receivers just aren't getting open downfield. Now, whether that is – a difference when you have T.Y. Hilton or not, we'll see. But right now, starting out, it did not look pretty. But 
there's still a lot of season left. So that's kind of where my little bit of optimism is. I know I rushed back to the front of the train to, to choo-choo it. Like Carson Wentz is starting week one, hype trains rolling full head, like full speed ahead. You know, I'm not, I'm not putting as much coal in the fire right now. Like we're going to, we're going to let it just kind of coast into week two. And if we have a big week two, I'm throwing more in. So it'll, it's going to be a little bit of a roller coaster. I've been, I know I've been saying a hype train, but maybe it's a roller coaster on what part of the, what part of the, the ride we're on right now. Sorry, I was muted there. Yeah, for sure. So it's going to be an amateur hour here. I know it really is. Um, so it's going to be interesting how that all plays out. Um, Seattle, I mean, that whole division won this year, this week. Um, that division <laughs> is just going to be so good. Like, it's going to be unfortunate that one of those teams doesn't have a 500 record. And they the all the won season. assertively. Like, that's the oh, other yeah. thing. It's like, it's like, no, we just didn't win. Like, we we pretty much dominated our games. Including the Niners game. So, I know that ended yes. up close, but they just fell asleep the final five minutes. Or 100%. Minutes, right? Yep. Like, the, I mean, it ended up being really close. Like, literally, like, a pass away from them possibly even losing there. So, you can't do that. But, um, <clears throat> man. That team still looks good. I mean, Mostert went out after two carries for 20 yards. They bring in Elijah, whatever his name, Mitchell. I almost said more. Eliza Mitchell, who ended up taking over for Trey Sermon, which was shocking to everybody. But uh, he also had a great day. So um, interesting to see there. Let's move over to the Bengals and the Vikings. Um, I took the first one. So I'll let you go first on this one. So I don't steal any thunder, of any takes. No, you're good. And I know I kind of mentioned this here with the Eagles and the Falcons, but I'm going to have a similar comment between the, the Bengals and the Vikings. Either this defensive line for the Bengals and that pass rush is real, or that Vikings offensive line is just straight fucking guard. True for both of those. We don't know right now, but it was nice to see the Bengals defense able to create pressure and cause havoc and, you know, behind the line of scrimmage, whether that was the Dalvin Cook, or Kirk Cousins, you know, trying to find a way to throw the ball. But it doesn't matter to an extent because this is still going to be in a very close game. I was right on the spread, which was good. Felt nice, to be honest, looking at it when we opened this back up and kind of checked everything out. But it's just like Dalvin Cook is unstoppable at times, and I really hope we get to see him play a full season. I know, Trish, you had the, the theory or the mindset or just the realistic opinion of, hey, we can't expect these guys to play an entire year, especially when there's 18 weeks of an NFL season. You're most likely going to miss a couple games from your starting running back. That's just how it is right now, and it's just something we need to accept. And that's fine. But, man, Dalvin Cook is just – you can't tackle the guy at times. And if you do, it's 20 yards downfield after he's already broken another three. Like, the guy is just – it's just amazing to watch. It's very enjoyable. Now, to go to the Bengals – Hey, Joe Burrow's back, and I freaking love it. The receiving weapons that he has, it's like he got everybody involved with it. T. Higgins is going to be a guy to continue to watch for. Jamar Chase, I love how after the game, Joe Burrow sits down and goes, I thought he couldn't catch the ball. You know, has a comment similar to that, and it's, hey, uh, dude's just fine in the regular season. Maybe the preseason was just a joke. Like, hey, I'm going to get everyone thinking I'm not very good. So week one, they kind of relax. It's exactly what happened. I go off. You love to see it. I'm happy for Jamar Chase. I'm happy for Joe Burrow. And I'm happy for the Bengals to pick up a win week one here. Just keep building on that because you you got a tough division yourself. I know we just mentioned the NFC West. That AFC North is going to be tough too. Yeah, it is going to be tough. I mean, they all, the NFC North, they all lost. They're all 0-1. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I still do think it's going to be tough. Um 
I think the Vikings are going to be bad this year. I don't think that the Bengals are good. Um, I just think that they're going to just be bad. Uh, and it sucks because they have some good weapons. Steelen had a couple of touchdowns yesterday. Justin Jefferson had an amazing game. Dalvin Cook's one of the best running backs in the NFL. Um, <clears throat> and yet you still feel like, they, I mean, they were pretty inconsistent there. I think that they're going to be more consistent throughout the season, obviously, but they, they are slow paced team. So when you're slow paced, like things are going to be moving, you know, like you're looking for not the big hits. You're looking for those eight to 10 play drives always. Right. They're not the chiefs that are like, Hey, all right, I'm just going to fucking throw it up. And like, I'll just, uh, I know my team's just going to score a 75 yard touchdown, uh, which we'll get to in a bit, but you know, like that's, that's their game plan. And there's nothing wrong with that. But like, then like, when when that doesn't work is when you're you expect your defense to be stout right and that's zimmer yeah. right he's a defensive guy and they're and they're just not this year they're just not so um i'm i'm interested to see how the vikings play out because like honestly they have enough talent on that offense that they could be good they just seem like they're just not i mean their offensive line i know a lot of vikings fans were already saying before the season like yeah offensive line is bad so that's gonna go there Defense just doesn't look good. We'll see how that all plays out. Um, and yeah, we'll go from there. Uh, for the Bengals, though, man, <coughs> that offense is very interesting because Joe mm-hmm. Mixon had a very, very good game. Uh, Higgins had a touchdown. Jamar Chase went off. I mean, they didn't even use Tyler Boyd, really. Like, they were just like, one, know what? Don't even have to like show that yet. And Boyd is going to have a massive year. So it's going to be yep. just like next, you could easily see next week. He's the one that has 10 catches or whatnot. So um, see how that all plays out. Um, Joe Burrow looked great, was able to manage with the, you know, the offensive line the way it is. And again, it's probably because the Viking just can't get any pass rush, but yeah. So, Hey, one and zero for the Bengals. So good for them. That's all you can say at this point. Off to a hot start, baby. Uh, the thing that really surprised me with this game is the amount of passes Kirk Cousin had. I mean, he threw 49 times. The Vikings threw 50 times as an offense. Jess Jefferson had the one throw, which went off for, like, I think, like 11 or 12 yards. But it's just, man, the fact that they can throw the ball 50 times and then rush for another 20 just shows how long they have possession of the football. I mean, especially this week, and you still lose. Granted, it's only by three, but – Man, if you have the ball for that long and you have that many offensive plays, you've got to put more points on the board. Like, I know we're going to get into this Chiefs game later. It looked like the Chiefs played a shitty game, and they still put up over 30 points. It's just stupid how some teams can have the ball forever and they can't score, and other teams don't have the ball for very long, and they put up a huge amount of points. It's just – it's. This just the beauty of the NFL, to be completely frank with it. And I'm glad you brought up Joe Mixon with the Bengals because – he doesn't have Giovanni Bernard there anymore. And I don't know if I don't know how to wear this. Cause I don't want to be weird. Cause he, he was a big impactful player for that Bengals offense, but I think this is going to help Joe Mixon this year, just become so much more of a vocal point and a threat in this offense, because teams are going to have to respect, like you mentioned the three receivers they have. Oh, and Joe Mixon is also pretty good at catching the ball out of the backfield too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think overall fantasy wise, I mean, it's going to be Russian roulette in a sense of like, you don't know which one of those guys are going to go off each week, but (laughs) one or two of them is going to go off win or lose one or two of them will have amazing games. So, 
All right, let's move on to the Steelers and Bengals. And wow, this one was a shocker. Steelers pulling this one out. I'm still not going to say that I'm not going to go to the point of saying, hey, like I was wrong yet um, by me saying that Steelers are not going to win eight games. Um, I still think that teams might be able to figure out that offense. That defense is still elite, though. Slow down Josh Allen. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I can't believe they won this game. This is this is one of the shockers for me. Um, I mean, all I can really say is the defense looks good. Passing game. <clears throat> I mean, all three wide receivers look good. Clay Claypool had some nice plays. Deontay Johnson had a touchdown. Uh, Juju made catches on big third downs and bi- just on big drives just in general. Um, Najee Harris literally played every single snap. Um, I talked about this in one of our – might have been our fantasy – episode i don't i don't remember but it was literally like how he played every single snap during the preseason with the starters that continued and played every single play (laughs) on offense so um the dude just doesn't come off the field so that's great uh for the bills overall i mean that's a big i mean it's a loss right and you're like whatever it's one of 17 games but like that's a big loss for like for me why I had them number one is because they were winning this game right like I because I truly believed that them and the Chiefs were going to have the same record and then it was yep. going to just be the tiebreaker there and if you're talking tiebreakers and you're already losing week one like that literally could be the difference between the one seed and the two seed so um, still like the Bills overall in the season their defense looked uh, the defense looked good honestly like it still looked mm-hmm. good um, so we got to remember like. It was a blocked punt touchdown that basically won the Steelers the game. That has nothing to do with the you know Steelers offense or Bengals or Bengals or Bills defense. So um, still high on them. Just a, you know a rough showing in Week One basically. Yeah, and I mean everything I said about the Vikings offense. You know for as long as they had the ball and the amount of plays that they put up. Hey, the Buffalo Bills they had about oh you know twenty five rushing attempts and fifty one passing attempts. That's more plays than the Vikings had, and you lost. Granted, it was on a special team's play. Tends to happen. Sucks that it happened in week one. The optimism or the best way to view this here is just to go, it's week one of the NFL season. That's it. We got a lot to grow from here. Yeah, it sucks that we lost this one to the Steelers. We still got a lot of potential. We still got a lot of season left to play. A lot of learning opportunities are going to take place this year. But Josh Allen, 270 yards and a touchdown. Would have liked to seen more there, but like you mentioned, Trace, that the Steelers defense is the real deal. They they really are. Mika Fitzpatrick was making plays. TJ Watt got the bag and then comes out and starts making plays himself. The, that's going to be the best part of the Steelers team. Now, offensive wise, Najee Harris had some good plays. Chase Claypool, that reception that he had along the sideline over Tredavious White was just so freaking impressive. I don't know if you got to see that one, Trace. But, like, the different angles that I watched that at was the amount of times that I watched it was just silly. Like, there's no – it's kind of disgusting, to be honest with you, because I was so amazed that he got up that high, like, floated in the air and then still comes down with it, which are Davis White just being right there and landing on him and everything and he keeps possession. That's the beautiful part of Chase Claypool's game that I just absolutely love. It's going to be interesting to see if the Steelers can kind of keep up this momentum. I know last year, the first 11 weeks, they were completely undefeated, which is good for them. And we saw it all come down to a crashing halt. So something to keep an eye on there is the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. If they can keep this up week to week, how does Big Ben look again week to week? And then how do the Bills recover from here? 
Perfectly said. All right, moving on. Uh, Jags versus Texans. Uh, Texans came out, um, got the big win. Man, they, I mean, looks like they dominated the game. And I mean, score wise, they obviously did. Um, what this came down to was, I mean, honestly, poor coaching on just like stupid penalties on the Jags in the first half and five drop passes in the first half. Um, three on third downs that would have got got them the first down. Um, and when you're down by a touchdown at that point, like that's going to kill you. Like it, it really is. Um, they had a chance to literally go and tie the game and dropped it, end up punting it away, give up this huge third down, just, just throw it up. And Brandon Cooks ended up with it. They end up scoring. They end up going up by 20 at halftime, um, just like that. So, I mean, you can't drop passes like DJ Chark did, um, tight end did. I mean, it was just a lot. It was a lot of drops that really kill him. Um, obviously, Trevor Lawrence threw three picks, which you don't love to see. Um, some of that in the second half when you're just, you know, trying, you know, you're one-dimensional, you're not running it. The team knows that. Um, but honestly, I liked what I saw from Trevor. Uh, he made a lot of big-time throws that I'm just not used to seeing as a, as a Jags fan. Um, and, yeah, it sucks. Sucks that you lost. Sucks that you lost to the Texans because they're supposed to be the worst team. I still think they're bad. Um, maybe it's just the Jags are really, really bad. Um, but I mean, I saw things that I liked, so I'm not gonna, you know, didn't lose sleep over it. Um, yeah, I mean, what more can I say? I mean, that that was rough. Um, you're one of these people, so I'll just get this out of the way. Um, USC fired their head coach today and everybody wants to jump on that bandwagon of when is urban quitting. Um, I deep down don't think he's going to. Um, I really don't. I really think that he'll stick it out. Um, if he does, I mean, it is what it is. Um, you run with probably Bevel. You'd run with Bevel for the, you know, the rest of this year, or, or maybe urban sticks it out for the rest of this year. And then you know, this off season, he calls it quits and then goes to USC. And then you, you know, you're looking for head coach this next year, but um, I tweeted this out. NFL fans, you don't want urban Meyer to quit. Like you don't like you want to risk Brian Dable from the bills becoming the Jags head coach and OC with urban Meyer and these wide receivers, like what he's done with Josh Allen and the bills offense. Like you don't want that. Like straight up, you don't, you don't want any part of it. Uh, given the Jags defense still sucks. So maybe, maybe it doesn't really matter, but um, yeah, I, I think that like, as a, it's kind of like Utah fans with uh, Helton, the USC head coach, we always were like, yeah, just keep, just keep him, just keep him. Like, because you knew it wasn't going to work out. That's how people feel about urban. Um, you know, for me, it's still too early to say it might, it might not. Um Urban lives, I've realized this over the last several months, Urban lives rent-free in every college football fan's head. Like, literally, he lives rent-free. It doesn't matter if you're a Texas fan, Florida State fan, whatever. He, like, he lives in your head rent-free because all you guys care about is him is about him failing. Like, you guys are all up on him about him losing one game. Am I included in that? You are included in that, yeah. Wow. I, I wanted you to, uh, I, I, that was going to be our next question was, you know, to hear your thoughts on this because yeah, I did make a tweet, but I just kind of assumed you'd want maybe him to leave too. So you could get Brian Dable, a guy who's been in the NFL and has had proven success, but that's fine. If you want to keep Urban Meyer, that's all right. But the reports that I'm hearing out of it 
are, and I shouldn't say like I have special fucking access, everyone's seeing it, right? That Urban Meyer has gone unhinged and he's screaming at people and is losing his mind inside that facility because they're not winning. That's something he is not used to. I mean, anywhere he has been, he has won almost immediately in Utah, in Florida, in Ohio State. And now it's like, okay, hey, this isn't very fucking fun. The other teams have pretty talented players, too. Those are all five-star recruits. They all have pretty nice facilities, too. What's really the advantage? That we're a young team that's learning how to play? Fuck this. I already know how to coach. I don't want to wait on them to learn. I already know what I'm doing. Maybe that's not what he's thinking, but, boy, that's how it's coming off, and that's how it looks. And, of course, this USC job just happens to become available after week one Then when they get smacked by the Houston Texans 37-21 to 21 by, oh, also a team that has a brand-new head coach and just re- regime all over the place, top to bottom. We didn't know who was going to be good on this team. Everybody was apparently against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I'm sorry, Trish, but it, it sucks. And I know something you were worried about a lot last year was their ability to stop the run it's something they're struggling with right now. Again, I know it's week one, so I don't want to be super overreactive, but that's what we're all going to be doing. It's overreaction Monday, Tuesday for you guys listening. Once again, thank you for listening. It's just, okay. Hey, 160 yards rushing on 41 carries. You take away the four from Tyrod Taylor. Those running backs were able to eat. And if they do get to have a running back by committee, this might be a team that's not a lot better, but maybe just a little bit better than we all thought they would be because they're going to be able to control the clock. And if their defense can do just enough to slow down teams, they'll be in football games. I know it's the NFL, but that's the if. I'm still expecting the Texans to suck. I just hate that they beat Jacksonville by this much. And again, with Urban Meyer, I kind of hope that he does quit. I Not necessarily maybe in the middle of the season, but just afterwards to go, hey, not really a fan of the NFL. I gave it a shot. I'll go back to college football and win games there and go take over the Pac-12 because real quick about the Pac-12, they're showing everybody, maybe you should have asked us to come to the SEC too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is enough about this game. Um, the whole him losing it because they're losing games, it's been one game. <laughs> like, it's been one game. Let's let's tone it down and not. Well, the uh, preseason games too. I know we don't want to put a lot of stock in those, but – I mean, he kept in his starters because he wanted them to finally do something right in the preseason game. And totally. what, Trevor Lawrence ended up being in for like an entire half? Which he should be. He's a rookie that's never played. Like, yeah. he 100% should be. Like, that. that's – I mean, like saying that – like Trevor Lawrence played for a half and that's a prop. that's an Urban Meyer problem? I mean, Patrick Mahomes played for a half. We know what Patrick Mahomes does. Like – what happens if Patrick Mahomes took a hit and he was out for the season during it because he was yeah, playing but my, the first half? My difference in point there is that Patrick Mahomes was planned on playing a half. So, with Trevor I mean, Lawrence, it was, uh, well, hey, this is what you're doing. We're not doing anything right. You're going to stay out there. No, so I think that's just you not having the information. Like, he, like before some of the games, he said, like, we're playing like five or six series. Like, and that ends up being a half. Like, so I think that's just maybe not understanding what was said like during like press conferences and stuff like that. So, gotcha. um, you know, obviously it doesn't look good. It doesn't look right. Right. Like there was a report that like, he's trying to run it his way and some it's rubbing some fan or players the wrong way. Good. I, I, for me, good. You guys went one in 15 last year. Like you want to do it your way. It clearly didn't work last year. Uh, you guys won three games a year before that clearly didn't work. You won three games before that. 
you've won like seven games in three years. Like literally you have no room to say, we want to do it our way. Right. Like, like, and like, if you're urban Meyer, like you said, you've won everywhere you've gone. Right. So why on earth Mm -hmm. would you not do it your way? Like why on earth would you ever take a job and say, yeah, I'm not going to do it my way though. Like I'm going to switch it up. Like you do it your way. And if you fail, you fail. Like, okay. Doesn't work out. Like to your point, right? Like, Hey, if it ends up being a shitty year and it's just like, one, well, you know what? USC looks nice. I know I can win in college. Maybe I'm just, my game, just my coaching style just doesn't work in the NFL. Then it doesn't, right? You retire, mm-hmm. you quit, whatever. Then you do that. The problem is he has to literally quit his job because like he has like a, he has a huge payout. I think like quitting and stuff like that, like USC hiring him would cost a ton of money to like pay the Jags. So, um, oh, his yeah. contract. so, um, again, urban, when we were high, when we were looking through the jobs with the Jags, he was number three on my list. Right. Um, McCoy who ended up going over to the jets for his OC job. Uh, he was number one, two was, was Dable three was urban. Hey, if he quit and they found a way to get Dable, I'd be all for it. So, but we'll see. I mean, I'm gonna, next week's going to be just as hard, man, playing a tough Broncos defense. So we'll see how that all no plays joke. out. Um, yep. <clears throat> Bucks versus Bro- Cowboys. I almost said Broncos because I typed that in the first time. Uh, Bucks versus Cowboys. This was a hell of a Thursday night game. This was so much fun to watch. Um, Cowboys. I mean, they gave it everything they had. I mean, Bucks tried to give them that game with the turnovers and still couldn't pull it out. That would be my worry if I was a Cowboys fan. Is like you literally got them to turn the ball over on stupid turnovers and you still couldn't find a way to pull out this game. You have your quarterback only get sacked once against this amazing pass rush and your quarterback throws over 400 yards. Still can't win. Like that is a huge, huge concern. But I will say this offense is going to put up points left and right. We're, we're going to have shootouts every single game with the Cowboys. Cowboys are going to be fun to watch. Um, Bucks, I mean, the Bucks win and freaking Mike Evans didn't do anything. Like, that should be a worry for the rest of the NFL. Obviously, Gronk is not going to be scoring two touchdowns a game. Um, but you wonder what? That can just be slid over to Mike Evans. And, I mean, you get the same results, right? So, um, yeah. Is going to be hard to knock off the Bucks. This might be my other thing. I had the Bucks losing in the NFC Championship game. Honestly, I don't know if there's a team that can beat this team. This team is so good. I mean, the Cowboys got close. I'll give them that. I guess Dak Shoulder is completely fine. Dude throws 58 freaking times. But like you said, Trees, just what an an amazing opening night of NFL football. I know everyone questioned why in the world is it Dallas odds oh, just for ratings. Boy, Dallas came to play, and that offense looked amazing at times. There's still some struggles with it. You know, Zeke didn't really get much going on the ground, but I get because they were playing catch-up pretty much the entire game. And I liked the showing, like, of the Cowboys' offense and what they're able to do, and hopefully they can find confidence and continue to build on it and do things the right way. Moving forward, it's just this Cowboys team is exactly what it was like last year. You know, the offense is going to put up a ton of numbers. They're going to have these big stats. Dak's going to throw for a ton of yards. And then it's going to, you're going to look at this defense and go, they can't stop anybody. And then when they do, the offense isn't able to capitalize off of it until it's later in games and they're trekking down the field for their lives. And it's just, I don't want to see that same type of team. It kind of looks like it now to start week one. Now to go to the Buccaneers, Tom Brady, that dude throws 50 times. 
doesn't even look like he's tired, doesn't look bothered at all. The amount of times that he just stood in the pocket and maneuvered his way around like we've seen him do for 20 fucking years now is just incredible. The dude just stands there, feels pressure, takes like a little half step one way, gets the ball off. It's perfectly thrown, whether it's underneath, it's over the top, it's outside the numbers, inside the hash marks. It's just like, God, this guy never misses. And when he does, it's like, well, I know you're not going to be able to do anything with it, so we'll get the ball back off some shitty punt from you, and I'll get another opportunity. And that's just what he did again and again this game. Speaking of this offense, I know I mentioned it last year with the Chiefs and a couple other teams, but this team for the Buccaneers and this offense is a true pick your poison. Antonio Brown has 121 receiving yards. Chris Godwin has over 100 yards. Gronkowski gets close with the two touchdowns. Leonard Fournette is involved in the passing game. And like you said, Mike Evans is just an afterthought when you look at the stat line. But it's going to be a week-by-week thing where you look at it and go, which one of these guys is going to go off? Like you said, with the Russian roulette for the Bengals offense, it's the same thing with this Buccaneers offense is, which one of these guys is going to go off? And then when you look at the rushing, they didn't really run that much, just 14 attempts, only 50 yards of you know, for the entire game, but they didn't really need to focus on the run game. Like it didn't matter. They were able to do whatever they wanted passing. And if Tom Brady gets to be this comfortable with his old style of offense here in Tampa, because that's what they did week one, they weren't just blindly launching the ball down the field and hoping for the best. This was a Tom Brady facilitated offense, marching it down the field with the underneath dump offs, getting the ball out of his hand quick and like under two seconds. And then it would be like, okay, they think I'm going to go low. They th- I'm going to underneath. They think I'm going to get it out quick. Boom, Antonio Brown over the top. Chris Godwin over the top. And there's another guy that I haven't even mentioned, old Scotty Miller, whenever he just randomly gets fucking involved downfield or underneath. Everyone's going to be looking at this offense going, we don't stand a chance. Why are we even here? This is not fun playing this team, and they're only going to get better throughout the year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's a real concern for NFC teams for sure. Um, all right, moving on to kind of the highlight of heading into the weekend, which was the Chiefs versus the Browns. And I mean, I'm just going to stay quiet and you you give us the recap since you were there. Yeah, so I was there. And let me tell you, it was nice to be back at Arrowhead with a full stadium. I mean, the tailgating scene, it's just incredible. Like, it's totally different. And there were so many Browns fans there. And I don't have anything negative to say about them. I didn't want to say anything negative to them while they were there. I knew this was a huge day for a lot of people in many ways of we're back in NFL stadium. We're not wearing masks. We get to enjoy the atmosphere. We get to enjoy football in person with other people and celebrate and give high fives and cheer and make noise and just drink and eat some good food. And it was amazing. The weather, it was a little hot, but it wasn't as bad as we all thought it would be. And it's just one of these deals where we hope for things uh, to go a certain way. And it really didn't in terms of the game for the Chiefs. It was kind of a slow paced offensive game. But I'll tell you what, when the moment comes on and they need to make a play, Patrick Mahomes does. And I really thought that the Browns would come in and slow down the Chiefs uh, offensively, be able to slow down Travis Kelsey. They didn't. I thought they would slow down Tyreek Hill. They didn't. Now, I know he had one huge mega play that added to his stat line, but this dude still had 11 receptions. When they needed to go to hammer Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes was able to at absolute will. That offensive line looked completely fine. The defense, 
it made its plays when it needed to. You know, the first half was a little iffy. It was like, man, they're not going to be able to slow down this running attack. The Browns were countering the pass, their play action with it just perfectly, marching the ball down the field when they wanted. Second half, they made the correct adjustments, and they went in and slowed down that Browns offense. And Chris Jones absolutely just took over this game in the second half. It was incredible to watch. It was fun. He was getting the crowd hyped. The dude looks great. He played great. I'm excited for this Chiefs defense. Now we just need Tyron Matthew back. Once he gets back in the mix, it's like a true whew, look out. Nick Bolton, the rookie linebacker that they took in the second round, that dude has seven tackles, didn't miss a single one. You love the immediate impact that he had on this defense. And Willie Gay, he'll be back in a couple more weeks. You're going to love to see that. Those two just right there, just the speed, their ability to tackle, that they're not missing tackles. It's going to be fun to watch. And I want to go back to the Browns fans real quick because I hope they enjoyed their time in Arrowhead. Every Browns fan that I talked to after the game, they weren't really upset. It was just the understanding of like, this was a good game and Patrick Mahomes did what Patrick Mahomes does and that's win football games. And it was a, Hey, I hope you guys enjoyed Arrowhead. Are you from out of town? You travel from Ohio. That's awesome. I hope you guys enjoyed it. You did. That's great. Hopefully we see you guys again in the playoffs here, but with another win. And then, you know, we'd kind of laugh and then we just kind of keep on going. But that was probably the most enjoyable part for me in terms of tailgating and getting to interact with the Browns fans walking in and out of the stadium. Yeah. Um, I think deep down, uh, you don't want to see this team again. <laughs> um, I don't think you want to play the, the Browns again. Um that team is good. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, the biggest play of that game was not the Tyreek Hill 75-yard touchdown. Like, obviously, that was huge because they would just gone up two scores and stuff. But And I was, can admit, that was a stupid throw. Oh, for sure it was. But, yeah, I mean, but you want to know what, though? It, it's not as stupid when you know it's one-on-one coverage, which he did know, right? Like, obviously, still stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, about to go out of bounds, just chuck it up. But you know that Patty was like, hey. It's one-on-one. Like, this is why I'm taking this shot, right? If he knew yeah. there was two guys down there, I don't think he makes that throw. I think he's just like, hey, I'll live yep. to find another day. But the biggest play was the Nick Chubb fumble. Like, they had a chance to go up three scores. Like, they had a real chance. And that dude never fumbles, and he was running all over you guys. Um, yep. But it's going to be fun because if you guys do play again, it's going to be a completely different game because you are going to have guys like Tyron Matthew. You guys are going to have Clark back but they're gonna have obj back you know like it's going to be a completely different game and that anthony schwartz kid was really really good but you want to know what he was having troubles catching the ball cleanly it was like bobbling around if that's obj he's catching that cleanly and he's gone on some of those catches um so i mean it was a fun fun game to watch um i think the browns are going to be just a major problem um I think that I think the Chiefs need to be just hoping that somehow the Bills and Browns play each other before they have to face one of them. So one of them can knock one of them out. So you only <laughs> have to deal with one of them in the playoffs. I don't think you're going to want to have to deal with both of them. Obviously, you're going to feel confident. I mean, you've been in, you know, back to back Super Bowls, you've been to three AFC championship games. You you have Patrick Mahomes. You're obviously going to feel confident, but I mean sooner or later you know like you keep running into these tough teams you know something's not going to fall your way you know and you you want the easiest path path possible i mean i know a lot of fans want to be no i want to play the best of the best fuck that like yeah you shut want, up no you don't no you don't <laughs> like i will do what i will take whatever i can get to get to the super bowl and to win a super bowl it doesn't matter right so um hell of a game browns fans 
I like I like that they were nice, like they were good sports about it. On Twitter, they were not. Um, on Twitter, they are. Oh, of course not. They're they are having a meltdown right now. I have seen a lot of people fire the DC, fire this. I'm like, you're facing Patrick Mahomes. Calm down. Like, yeah, relax. You're you're facing Patrick Mahomes. You got a good team. Um, <clears throat> keep doing what you're doing. You guys are gonna go and win like six or seven games in the next like eight. <laughs> like, you guys are gonna be yeah. so good. So. Um, all right, cool. Um, those were the games we wanted to talk about. Uh, we've already kind of gone over the things where we're right and wrong. Um, and that kind of does it. This game, I know we're both watching it in the background, but this game is awesome right now. Lamar Jackson just fumbled it. Um, Raiders just got a first down on third and one, um, 10 minutes left and they're driving it. So going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, are you, you're watching the Peyton Eli version, right? I was, but I'm not right now because oh. we're doing this because yeah. I want to be able to. But listening to them earlier, it's the best. Oh, it's just incredible. Now they're going to have some growing pains. Like you can hear, you know, things going on in the background. Eli's mic goes out that you hear a producer be like, hey, we're going to commercial, commercial. break because they're not in the same room. But you wonder so, what? I like it. Like I like I do it. Too. I, I don't think that like that's a bad thing. I'm just like, you want to know what? Like, cool. Like it's kind of refreshing that it's not like, uh, it's not a perfect show. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not exactly. a perfect production. It's you see the little bit of mistakes here, there, but they're having fun. Uh, I tweeted it out, but I just thought it was like Peyton Manning clearly waited to do like the ESPN and call games. So he could roast Eli to his face. Like he didn't want Eli to be on the field and like tell a story and be like, I don't know if Eli's going to hear that or not. Or totally. like the media to run away with it. He's like, I want Eli to hear it come out of my mouth and then see if he has anything to say back. And like, it's just such a brotherly relationship. It's amazing. Yeah, like when they were with Ray Lewis and they're like, what was your passer rating during that game? 0.0? <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, <laughs> Josh Jacobs. Boom. So sorry. Um, I'm in a very – so what what we're going to do tomorrow you on You say Twitter. fucking boom, he scored. You can like, oh, Josh Jacobs, boom. I, I'm behind on the play. Oh, Watch sorry about that. Just trot into the end zone. How about a little yeah. bit more energy there, bud? Yeah, so <laughs> we're going to start this little thing that's called like, I don't know what we're going to call it. We're going to come up with something of like tinkering with your lineup that fucks you over. Like everybody mm-hmm. does it on fantasy. This week, five minutes before game started, I put in Tyler Boyd over Debo Samuel. Obviously, Debo went nuts. Um, I'm right now. I'm right now the second highest scoring team. Um, actually, that touchdown may may even put me in first. Honestly, I'm first or second highest scoring team right now. I'm playing the dude that's in third, but I have Josh Jacobs, so that just helped me. But I'm facing Waller, Marquise Brown, and the Williams kid from the running back. So I'm not looking too good because I think I'm only up by like, after that touchdown, I think I'm only up by like three points. So I think I'm still going to lose, but I think I'm going to lose either as the second, I think I'm going to lose as the second highest scoring team. And that's because I moved Debo off. If I would have just had Debo, I would have been the highest scoring team by a long time. So we're going to start a little thing. I don't know what we're going to call it. Yeah. I mean, here's mine. Okay. What's yours? So it's the points aren't as big, but it's just the fact that this player scored an absolute fucking fat ass zero in Brandon Ayuk because I took out Robbie yep. Anderson thinking mm. Brandon Ayuk was just going to eat yep. false. Didn't even get a look. Yeah. Of course, Robbie Anderson playing the freaking Jets got 12 points in the league that I'm in, which is 
which is fine. I mean, it's, it's a lot better than zero. Yeah. So I, I had, D, or sorry, not Debo. I had Robbie Anderson in almost all of my DFS lineups this week. Um, I had a pretty good week. I ended up winning about 45 bucks. Um, you know, mm-hmm. not nothing great. Cause I didn't have any monster, you know, just monster games. But I mean, when you always, when, when you win money, it's successful. Right. So um, yep. I ended up going there, you know, it, you know, it pays for me to, you know, play for the next couple, you know, next couple rounds. So, um, yeah, we're going to come up with something. We'll put it on Twitter. Everybody post, post what, what tinker mistake you've made. Um, I think it'll be fun. So, but that does it for us tonight. We'll be back later this week. We will do a preview just like how we did last week for week two, like how we have the last couple of years. Look forward to it. Appreciate you all. And tonight we've been talking football.